You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. In the name of Jesus, amen. The shouts of Hosanna and blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord rose up before Jesus as he was mounted on a colt, as he ascended the path from Bethany to Jerusalem. Now we should think to ourselves, is this is this a time of joy or is it a time of sorrow? Now, if you look at most artistic depictions of the triumphal entry, they show smiles on the, on, on the faces of everybody, on the, the faces of the children, on the faces of the disciples, and even Jesus. The only people who are grumpy are the, are the Pharisees, but they never usually make it into the paintings. <laughs> but what does St. Luke tell us about Jesus as he draws near the temple? Jesus saw the city and wept over it. Now you know that our Lord is coming into this city to be hated, to be rejected, to be cast outside of its walls, to be crucified. And yet you know that Jesus does not weep for himself. He wept for the city. He wept because he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but he desires that they should turn from their way and live. But this city and, and the city's inhabitants, they, re, they refused to repent. These chosen people, these same people who had received the promises of the Lord's visitation, had hardened their hearts against their own king. And because they refused his visitation of peace, In turn, they received his visitation of anger and wrath. Today, dear saints, the scriptures warn us against the sin of unbelief. We are being warned against the visitation of God in his anger, against those who insist on being God's enemies, who insist upon stopping up their ears against the work of the Holy Ghost. But we also learn... And we remember the things that make for peace, as Jesus describes them. We learn that Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, visits men not to condemn, but to save. To extinguish the enmity between God and man through his, through his own death. We learn that Jesus visits this city so that he can suffer its rejection. So that he can establish a new and heavenly Jerusalem. And in this city, the Holy Spirit converts and creates saints who both rejoice and know their King. They hear Jesus' words and they believe Him. And so first we're going to talk about the visitation of divine wrath and then we'll, we'll turn our attention once again to the visitation of divine mercy. Now, 1,945 years ago, tomorrow, on August the 10th, the temple in Jerusalem was burned to the ground by the Roman legions under the command of Titus, the son of Emperor Vespasian. Hardly more than a month later, Titus finished his campaign of obliterating Jerusalem to the point that no one who had known it in its glory would be able to recognize the city. 
And concerning this time in history, Jesus speaks in our text. He prophesied, saying, For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Every single word that Jesus spoke came to pass. And you can read about it. In Josephus' Wars of the Jews, the chronicle of Jerusalem and the temple's final hours in the year 70. It's with horrific detail that Josephus Josephus depicts the famine, the treachery, and the madness that went into the destruction of Jerusalem. Josephus himself acted as a spokesman for Titus during the siege. He begged his fellow Jews to put down their rebellious arms. But it didn't work. When he saw that his exhortations had accomplished nothing, Josephus cried out to his countrymen, sobbing with tears in his eyes, saying, It is God, therefore, it is God himself who is bringing on this fire to purge that city and this temple by means of the Romans and is going to pluck up this city, which is full of your pollutions. And there were plenty of pollutions. There were scandalous murders in the temple, broken Sabbaths, and all kinds of other desecrations. Now, as scandalous as these must have been for Josephus, these are not the true pollutions that had corrupted Jerusalem into deserving divine wrath. Jesus says plainly that Jerusalem did not know the time of her visitation. And what this means is that there are consequences. There are true true and real consequences for refusing divine grace. If you do it enough, whether it's through entertaining your or delighting in your pet sins or refusing to be instructed by God's Word, and your conscience hardens, your ears grow dull and your eyes blind, and eventually God, God gives sinners over to what they desire. Yes, every single one of the sins that Josephus found so scandalous deserved divine wrath. But the chief sin, the sin that Jesus would hold before our eyes today is that of the rejection of Christ, God's own Son. You know, when Jesus talks, let's say, in Mark chapter 3 about the unforgivable sin of blaspheming the Holy Ghost, this is, this is what he's talking about. He's talking about resisting the word that delivers Christ to you. He talks about rejecting the faith that the Holy Spirit wants to create in your hearts. And for this senseless rejection, for this blindness brought about by the devil and his lies, Jesus wept. And to tell you the truth, I pray that we learn from Jesus' example to weep as well. When we worry about our friends and our family who despise God's word, we refuse to believe that life and salvation are freely offered by Jesus in baptism, we should cry out to God with tears in our eyes, imploring Him to soften their hearts so that they could be spared the final hour of judgment of which the destruction of Jerusalem was all was only but a, a foretaste. 
But of course, Jesus not only wept in this text, he also, he also gets angry. He shows us the consequence of defying the Father's will. Now, I know that a picture of an angry Jesus is especially hard for us to hear and to think about because it goes against everything that, that we've learned or a lot of the stuff that we learned when we were kids, you know, with the Bible stories and, and, uh, in the children's songs. But we can't pick and choose our Jesus. We can't go through the text and, and decide which, at what times Jesus makes me happy, and I, I'll look, listen to this Jesus, but the times that Jesus offends me, or he says things that I don't like or don't understand, I can just ignore that Jesus. No, dear saints, we, we can't invent for ourselves a fictional, idealized image of Jesus in our hearts. We should hear the words of Holy Scripture and take a hard look. So once his tears had dried, Jesus' first order of business after entering into Jerusalem was to visit the temple and to visit his righteous anger upon those who sold by driving them out of the temple. He said to these idolaters of money, It is written, My house shall be a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of robbers. Dear saints, Jesus cannot be friends with people. Report to sell God's favor, as if it were just another commodity in the marketplace. Now, we've all been tempted to think and to cheapen God's grace in this way. Whether it's in putting some sort of vain hope in our offerings that they've somehow bought God's smiling face, or, or perhaps we've done just enough good things this week so I won't feel guilty when I come to church. It's a kind of buying of God's favor. And for this, and for this, each and every one of us should repent. And we should fear the same judgment that God showed to those who sold in the temple and that finally consumed Jerusalem. Now, dear saints, Jesus doesn't want to leave you in terror of his anger. He doesn't want you to be get lost in despair, a perpetual fear of, of God's wrath. Quite the opposite. Today, Jesus wants to open your eyes to see the things that make for peace. Why did you, Jesus set his eyes on Jerusalem? Why did he go there knowing full well that he would be rejected and crucified? He did it for the sake of peace. Peace that was promised to Adam and Eve after they had fallen into sin and, and, and found themselves in enmity towards their creator. He did it to reconcile God and man through his blood and through his life. This is the peace that Jesus obtained through his cross, that is vindicated in the resurrection, and that he delivers to you, even with his own body and blood, for the forgiveness of sins. So important is this peace that Jesus has obtained, that he has constructed a new and heavenly Jerusalem to surround it. The walls of this Jerusalem cannot be touched by fire. Her towers can't be torn down by her enemies. 
Within her ramparts, the temple of Christ's own resurrected body stands immortal and resurrected. And truth be told, the earthly Jerusalem only served as a mere shadow for this eternal city of God that he guards, keeps, and preserves into eternity. The same day that Jesus came into Jerusalem with tears and anger is the very same day that he worked to populate his new and heavenly Jerusalem with saints. Now, how do you see this? Where is this in the text? St. Luke shows us. Jesus was teaching daily in the temple. Now, what about his enemies and, and the people who were conspiring to seize him? St. Luke is, is careful to, to show us that they couldn't do a thing. They couldn't touch Jesus, nor could they touch the people who were listening to him. St. Luke shows us that where, where Jesus teaches, where his word is proclaimed, there the enemies of Christ must remain silent. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men, St. Luke writes, were seeking to destroy him, but they did not find anything they could do, for all the people were hanging on to his words. You know, it's not, it's not merely that the people were getting in the way of the, of Jesus' enemies' plans or anything like that. No, Jesus knew that his word must stand unvanquished and unconquered and uncontested in the temple. Yes, he would be betrayed into the hands of these men, but it was in his timing and according to his will. He never let them once despise or shame his teachings in public. And in that way, Jesus teaches that his word did not, and it will never fail. Jesus tells you today, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Now, St. Luke says that the people were hanging on to Jesus' words. And the image that St. Luke uses is the image of a person who's, who's grabbing onto a rope for dear life as they're hanging over, I don't know, a, a large precipice or something like that. And I think that's a perfect image of the kind of help that God's, that God's word gives us, that the words of Jesus gives us. Because it describes the life of the Holy Christian Church that clings to every single one of Jesus' words for life and salvation. Yes, the gaping maw of God's wrath threatens to consume all who despise him, but Christ has plucked us out of this destruction with his saving word of forgiveness. And this, dear saints, this is how Jesus visits you today. He visits you through his word. And with his Holy Spirit, that breaks down the hardness of your heart, that blesses you with saving faith. And he does the same thing for all of the saints in the Holy Christian Church. In this Holy Christian Church, in this new and heavenly Jerusalem, her walls cannot fall, because her brick and her mortar are the unfailing words of Christ. I want you to think of this. These words are from, from Psalm, Psalm 84. And in these words, they describe the fortress that we have of the Holy Christian Church built upon the foundation of God's Word. Walk about Zion, go around her. 
Number her towers, consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels, that, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.